0: No purchase necessary. Void. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here is the thing about doing this on a Wednesday or Thursday night. You get a lot more information on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just before the game. A lot more information is out for you. I'm Sean McCabe. You're between the hash marks. And I'm going to bitch for about two seconds, okay? Here's the example I'm going to give you. On here, I picked Michigan State plus 7.5 and and Mississippi State plus 7.5. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, is the day I normally prep my college stuff. So, I make these picks, and I have Michigan State, and then I find out Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning, Michigan State is missing two of their offensive linemen. I then turn around, and I bet Michigan, who is playing Michigan State, minus seven and a half, made some money off of it. It's great that I made money off of it. However... I didn't get the pick right on the podcast, so what's the point of even doing this if they if I can't even share my picks with you guys, and you guys win the money as well? Same thing for LSU-Mississippi State. I had more information revealed to me before kickoff, and I went with LSU as well, won money off of that as well, even had them in my pick em pool. Although, I did tell you, I did tell you to pick LSU if it was 7 or 6.5, but it doesn't matter because we had it at 7.5, so we chose Mississippi State, we chose to go the other way about it. There. I'm done bitching for now. But moral of the story, this is the moral of the story, you always need to seek out more information throughout the week because things do change. And the info you hear on Thursday or Friday or Wednesday or Tuesday That information can be so outdated by Saturday or Sunday that you really need to just go into more depth and say, hey, is this thing that I heard on Tuesday still relevant today, or has the number changed to where it's not really valuable anymore? We got four more college games for you this week, honestly. The record hasn't been that great. It's 12-18-1 and against the spread. It, it, it could be better. We've had a couple bad calls, a battle, a couple bad breaks happen. It's not the end of the world. We're going to finish at 500 before the end of the year, before the bowl or after the bowl games are done. We will be above 500. I can promise you that. We have all the NFL games also. We're doing all every single game. Three more best bets. We did kind of get screwed too last week in the NFL going 0-2-1. Freaking Justin Tucker misses the first extra point of his entire career. Tampa ends up pushing, and then Philly blows a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. So hey, what what can you say? We were at 71%. We're still at 60% for the NFL. College, we still have these good handicaps, but we've gotten screwed a couple times. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. I don't shy away from the facts of the bad record, but it's okay Let's get this bitch. Your number one source for sports. You know who I can't stand? Kevin Durant. He looks like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had a kid. Now who can argue with that? I hate Boston. I'm the biggest Miami Heat hater you'll ever meet. I just don't understand where you're getting your bogus information from. What the hell are you even talking about? Well, I'm sorry you're too freaking sensitive to handle the truth. You think I'm crazy? I'm just getting warmed up. You're now between the hash marks with James Kokolak and Sean McCabe. We're gonna start with the college games here. First game on the menu. We have Florida versus Georgia. This game's gonna be taking place in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the biggest cocktail party of the year. Game time kicks off at 3:30 p.m. The over-under is at 52. And Georgia is a seven-point favorite. Okay. Georgia's coming off of a bye the previous week. Uh, but the week before that, they got completely manhandled by LSU, 36-16. to Now, when we're looking at this score here, we're looking, was this a misleading final? And I think it was to a degree. Look, LSU definitely had way more yards, 150 more rushing yards. That's not misleading at all. However, LSU did have four takeaways and went four for four on fourth down. Although LSU only forced one turnover, in the first half, so they were up 16 to nothing at the first at the end of the first half. That is legit. It wasn't off of all of these turnovers that just randomly happened because we know turnovers are for the most part random, especially fumbles. Fumbles can go literally any way. Looking at Florida, Florida's coming off of a win versus Vanderbilt on the road, and it's a game that they were lucky to win, and it's a game they were very lucky to cover. They ended up winning by 10. They were a seven point favorite. The facts, though they were down 21 to 3 in the second quarter and since that point they outscored Vanderbilt 34 to 6 the rest of the way. I think they kind of woke up in this situation. So they were they realized they were down 21 to 3. They're like, "Whoa, we can't be losing to Vanderbilt. We need to come out and we need to have an impressive victory." And they ended up having 250 more yards than Vanderbilt, 14 more first downs. They held the ball for 13 more minutes. So maybe it was a little bit misleading in the first half when it was 21-3. to They did have three turnovers in that game, Florida, and two of them were in the first half. So maybe that's why Vanderbilt jumped out to that 21-3 to lead. Question here, how much is the home field advantage worth in this game and who actually has it? Because we're in Jacksonville, Florida, we have UF is very close, Athens is very close, where Georgia is located. Honestly, it's going to be a slight, slight favorite, slight, slight edge towards the University of Florida. So I I think that the line here, it's not really taking that into account. Georgia, they're saying they're saying if this game was in Georgia, Georgia would be a ten-point favorite. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I disagree with that. Georgia's given up, uh, they're giving up twenty-five more rushing yards per game than they were last year. And all Florida does is run the ball, and they run the ball extremely freaking well. And they ran the ball extremely well against LSU, who is a much better. Uh, run defense than Georgia. I'm going to take the Gators to cover the seven points. I don't think they'll win this game, but I definitely think they have a shot to. And I, I think this defense is really good. And it, here's another thing who has Georgia played and who has Florida played? Georgia has had one real test against LSU and they completely botched it, they got completely destroyed. Whereas Florida, they've played Kentucky, yes they lost, but they played Mississippi State on the road, they played LSU, they they've had actually they've had battle tested games where they ended up winning those games. It's just, we, we really don't know how good Georgia is. The other game that Georgia played that was somewhat competitive was the Missouri game. They still won by 14, but they didn't even cover that spread, and they didn't look good in that game against Missouri, even though they ended up winning by double digits. I'm going to take the Florida Gators 7. Moving on to the next game, we have Iowa at Penn State. Penn State is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Iowa Hawkeyes in this. Look, Iowa's defense is incredible this year, especially against the run. And Iowa has... They, they they have a lot to play for, a lot more than Penn State has to play for. Penn State to make the Big Ten championship game, they need Ohio State to lose two more and they need they need to beat Michigan and they, they need a lot to happen. Meanwhile, Iowa all they need is to win out and Wisconsin lose one more. And that is a very possible thing to be to, a very possible thing to happen. So they are still in the running for the Big Ten championship game. PSU, Penn State, they have not looked good at all. They looked completely miserable squeaking out the win versus Indiana last week. Uh, And they were like a 14.5 point favorite. And Indiana is not a good team. Iowa completely destroyed them this year in Indiana. Also, I think there's a revenge factor for Iowa in this game. They almost beat Penn State last year, the upset game of the year last year. And Penn State ended up winning on the final play of the game. Yeah, they don't have they don't have Saquon anymore. They don't have Gasicki. They don't have and the, actually the guy who caught that game winning pass last year, Jawan Johnson. He's not. He's questionable. Most likely not going to play. I think Penn State will win this game because it's actually very tough to beat Penn State unless you're Ohio State or Michigan State. I think Penn State wins this game, but I think they win by three or four. But I'm taking Iowa plus the six and a half. Moving on to the next game, we have Washington State at Stanford. Stanford is a three-point favorite. This is a complete fade on Washington State. They had the best spot last week, the game of the year last week. It's the first time that college game day has been to Washington State, and they were freaking hyped for it against Oregon. We actually had Washington State last week over Oregon, but I think now that they won this game, Washington State is completely overrated, and we have forgotten how good Stanford actually is. And Stanford is completely underrated. We look at that game against Notre Dame and how they got completely squashed by them, and, and by, by Notre Dame, and we just like think Stanford's not good anymore. Stanford still has a lot to play for. They're still playing for the Pac-10 championship game as well as Washington State. I see Stanford winning this game by about 10, actually. And usually when the public forgets about how good Stanford is, that's usually when they're the most dangerous. I'm not going to fall for it. I got Stanford minus three. Moving on to the final game that we have in college, we got Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a two and a half point favorite. I don't understand this one bit. Texas A&M is massively underrated here. They're actually the ranked team. Mississippi State is not. And yeah, Texas A&M has two losses this year, but they're two Clemson, they only lost by two, almost won the game outright, And two Alabama. So the number one and number two teams in the country, they lost to. And they covered actually both of those games we're really starting to see how good of a coach Jimbo Fisher is and he's really kind of getting the message to his players. He had a tough schedule the first four games. Yeah, they went 2 and 2 because you played Clemson and Alabama. What do you expect? If he ended up pulling out that upset win against Clemson, they would be they would currently be a top 10 team right now. Mississippi State they're overrated. Sorry, Fitzgerald has been too one-dimensional, and Joe and he hasn't really even been good, that good running the ball. And Joe Moorhead is supposed to be the coach that came from Penn State, the, the offensive coordinator from Penn State, and he's supposed to be the one getting more out of Nick Fitzgerald, and that's not happening. Mississippi State, only impressive win is over Auburn, but Auburn isn't even impressive. The, the win over Auburn isn't even impressive, since Auburn is nowhere where we thought they'd be preseason expectations. Give me Texas A&M plus the two and a half. I think they're a the better team. They got the better coach. Yeah, I'm going to take the points with them. Give me Texas A&M. So that's what our picks for the college. We got Iowa plus six and a half. We got Florida plus seven. We got Stanford minus three. And we got Texas A&M plus two and a half. So we got three dogs, one favorite. Let's go to the NFL. We're going to be starting off with our three best bets. We got the Ravens. At the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers are a one-point underdog. The one-point underdog. This is absolutely insane to me. I don't understand this one freaking bit. Somebody's going to have to explain this to me because it it just— So basically what they're saying here is that if this game was being played in Baltimore— that the Baltimore Ravens would be a 7 point favorite. How does that make any freaking sense whatsoever? It makes no no sense. Ravens are not as good on the road as they are at home. They've lost two uh they lost to Cleveland on the road. They they they, they have they have they have bad losses on the road. And Flacco, Flacco last week, he had the, probably one of the greatest games in the like the last couple years, he had 270 yards, two touchdowns, and they still lost. They're starting to figure this thing out on offense, where they're throwing it deep and it's it's working out for them. But they still lost, and Flacco played good. Carolina defense is much better than New Orleans, especially uh, against the pass. And Cam Newton, Cam Newton, we got to give him some credit here. He has a 65% completion percentage. It is significantly his best completion percentage of his entire career. The next closest, I think he had a 60% uh, his rookie year. Yeah, Baltimore defense is legit, but this line is just out of whack. Carolina should be the favorite in this game. I mean, look, the Ravens, they lost a game. Yeah, they shouldn't have lost against New Orleans. Like, Or they should have at least gone to overtime. They shouldn't have lost in the way they did. But how can you upgrade them for that? And then Carolina... All they did was come back down from 17 against Philadelphia and win the game outright. You can't downgrade them for that. Carolina should absolutely be the favorite in this game. Carolina is my first best bet. Carolina plus one. Moving on to my next best bet, we have Seattle at Detroit. Detroit is a three-point favorite, and I'm gonna have to go with Seattle. This is this is another one that I just absolutely love. Seattle has made vast improvements to the offensive schemes. They couldn't run the ball. All of a sudden, they can run the ball. They could. They Russell Wilson was under so much pressure, all of a sudden he's not. And another thing is, people want to talk about how bad their defense is. They lost all these big guys, Richard Sherman, Cliff Averill, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I don't think that this defense is not falling off at all. This couldn't be anything further from the truth. They're sixth in opponents' yards per play. They're sixth in yards given up per game. They're fifth in points given up per game. And they're third in the going against the pass and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. An amazing passing attack. Yeah, they've been able to run the ball lately. But I'm not going to be betting that, oh, yeah, Detroit's going to run all over them because they've ran well for two games, the two or three games this year. No, they're a pass. they're a passing first offense. And everyone wants to talk about how great this Detroit offense is, how so amazing it is. They're 12th in yards per game, uh, 9th in yards per play, 12th in points per game. Yeah, it's a good offense, but but nowhere near great. It's slightly above average, okay? Also, Seattle has extra time to prepare for this game coming off of a bye. Yeah, give me the Seahawks plus three. I think they're the better team just overall, and I think they have the better coach as well. Give me the Seahawks plus three. Final best bet, we got San Fran at Arizona. The spread is dead even. Give me the San Francisco 49ers at even money, okay? These teams played three weeks ago, and Arizona absolutely killed them. Or did they just get kind of lucky? I mean, Arizona was outgained by 250 yards, and they ended up having five takeaways Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen again, where they're going to have five takeaways. Look, when somebody has five takeaways, you're going to win that game like 97% of the time, okay? It's not going to happen. They're not going to have five takeaways again. The Niners have the better coach. They have the better QB. They have the better players overall, just Throughout the entire roster And it seems like there's turmoil In Arizona with Steve Wilkes. It seems like they're not buying into the system And he's not good for Josh Rosen Josh Rosen is terrible under pressure I think San Francisco is going to go after the quarterback Because Arizona has no offensive line At all And while San Francisco may not be that great of a team without Jimmy Garoppolo. There is this sense that they are building something in San Francisco and all the players are behind Shanahan and they leave in what they're actually building. Give me San Francisco at the even money. All right, moving on to the next game, we got Philadelphia against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a three-point underdog. This game is in London. I'm leaning towards Philadelphia in this game. Look, as bad as Jacksonville has been lately, Jacksonville is used to making this trip every single year it doesn't matter how bad Bortles is how bad the defense is Bortles always plays well in London especially the last three times and the defense has been playing well especially the last three times but here's the thing about the Jags there's some real turmoil there locker room issues we we heard about how the players were arguing and the, the throughout the, after the game after the loss to Houston that hey, we don't want Blake Bortles starting at all. Like He's terrible. And guess what's happening? Blake Bortles is starting this game because you can't have Cody Kessler go out there and just make a damn fool of himself. But is that going to hinder how well the defense plays? What if Bortles has a terrible fumble or a terrible interception for a pick six? Is that going to make the defense happy? I don't think so. Also, A.J. Boye, The second cornerback, who is also another shutdown corner, he's not going to be playing. Carson Wentz is getting better and better every single week. And Philly probably feels like they let one go. I mean, they were up by 17 in the fourth quarter. Why why would they ever feel like that? Yeah, they they let one go. They probably feel like they need to win this game, especially with how Washington's been playing lately. I'm leaning towards Philadelphia at minus three. Moving on to the next game, we got the Jets at the Bears. Bears are a 7.5-point favorite. I'm going to lean with the Bears as well. Sam Darnold is a turnover machine, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And the Bears, they cause a lot of turnovers, even against Brady and Rodgers. They, they force turnovers. I think a lot of points will be scored here, so you might want to take the over, especially it's only at 45, and both of these teams have been putting up like 28 points per game. Leaning with the Bears, I expect they will have opportunities to with short field and to be able to convert in those short field opportunities, especially because I don't think the Jets' defense is that much. And Sam Darnold hasn't played a good road game since week one, that week one massacre in Detroit. Detroit's a much different team now, and the Jets are a much different team as well. And the Jets are just way better at home. We saw how they played against Indy and how they played against Denver at home. Even against Minnesota, they, they kept it pretty close for about two and a half, three quarters. Yeah, I'm gonna take the. uh, They're just not good on the road. I'm gonna take the Bears minus seven and a half. We got the next game. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are a five point favorite. I gotta go with Tampa Bay here. Tampa's offense. Look, we thought they were so amazing with Fitzpatrick that they would end up falling off a little bit once Jameis came in. That just simply hasn't been the case. They've been really good for two straight weeks with Winston against Atlanta and against Cleveland. Yeah, not great defenses. I mean Cincinnati I mean sorry Cleveland probably has a much better defense at home than on the road and Cleveland probably very tired but they but they still put up yards, they they put up points. When we look at the Bengals offense, they haven't been impressive since Tyler Eifert went down and they didn't put up points against Kansas City. Kansas City has one of the worst defenses in the league. Tampa has one of the worst defenses in the league too. But I mean, how, how, can you, how can you trust Cincinnati when they really haven't been doing anything on offense the last few weeks? Cincy, you also got to look at them too. Cincy is 28th in points allowed on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe Cincy wins this game by a touchdown, but it, I, this is a team, this is not the same team that started out 4-1. and one, And we've also been saying it for weeks now that that 4-1 start was very phony. I mean, that, that win against Miami, phony win. Um, the, the win against Atlanta you could say that's pretty lucky the win against uh, Indianapolis they probably would have won that game but Andrew Luck was driving with 2 minutes left I'm going to take the Bucks plus 5 Denver at Kansas City is our next game. Kansas City is an 11.5 point favorite. Look, I don't really got much on this game except for the simple fact that you have to lean towards Denver because the point spread is just too damn much. In all honesty, you probably should just stay away from the game altogether. One thing that might not be factored into the line is that Denver is actually 0-8 against the spread as a road dog since December eleventh, two 2016. Last eight games as a road dog 0-8. In the, in that situation, if this number goes down to nine and a half or ten, gonna lean towards Kansas City. Otherwise, stay away from this damn game. It's just it's just not worth it, especially when Kansas City. Their last few games have been big prime time games. This one's a one o'clock game. It the the, the mood, the tempo, the vibe is gonna be a lot different. And it's divisional rivalry. I don't like put uh, betting big numbers against divisional division rivals. Moving on to the next game, we have Washington at the Giants. Even money. This doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I really like Washington in this spot. The Redskins are significantly better than we thought at the beginning of the year. We look at them last year and just how injured they got. They had like 35 different offensive line units. That is that is absolutely ridiculous. And they were just m- murdered with injuries just left and right. They got some stability now at quarterback. Who Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over like Kirk Cousins does. And they have Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's been running the ball very well. Chris Thompson out of the backfield very well. They're they're using their weapons, I I think, at at a great rate. The defense is, is really good. They have a good pass rush. The offensive line is now healthy. That's why Adrian Peterson's been playing pretty well. And don't be surprised by Thanksgiving if Washington's winning this division and they have a pretty good commanding lead on it, and it could be between them, and it's going to be between them and Philly for the division. Also, this is a terrible spot for the Giants. They have no offensive line still. Eli is still terrible, and the offense struggled to put up points against Atlanta when Atlanta has also a very terrible defense. Just defenders that are are second stringers, third stringers. just... No continuity on the defensive side of the ball for Atlanta one bit. And it seems like ownership for the New York Giants is tanking. They traded Damian Harris. They traded Eli Apple. And they really had no reason to trade Damian Harris away at all. Give me the skins with the even money. Moving on to the next game, we got the Browns at the Steelers. Steelers are a 9.5 point favorite. I'm leaning towards the Browns here, and here's why. The last four times these teams have played, it has been a one-score game. And this has been the Browns team that has that went like 1-33 in 33 in that stretch. Historically bad Browns teams, keeping it close against the Steelers four straight times. This Browns team is significantly better than the Browns team from week one, eight weeks ago. Never mind last year or the year before. I expect them to pressure Big Ben. No, they're not going to turn the ball. They're not going to force five turnovers from Pittsburgh. I still expect Pittsburgh to win. I love this game if you can get it at 10. 9.5, it's just a, a lean towards the Browns. I think Pittsburgh ends up winning by a touchdown. Moving on to the next game, we got the Colts at the Raiders. Raiders are a three-point favorite. I'm going to lean with Indianapolis here. Look, I don't think the Raiders are this bad, but it also seems like the front office is also trying to tank and get rid of all the bad seeds that they don't want that that John Gruden doesn't want and he'll take the hit for it he doesn't mind he's getting paid millions of dollars a year 10 million a year I believe it is he's going to take the heat and he's going to be fine with it and there seems to be locker room grumblings from the players because they're getting rid of all their good players and they it doesn't seem like they they know what's going on it seems like there's a complete shift towards Hey, let's get this team ready for Vegas in a couple of years. Luck, Andrew Luck, he continues to play well and I think he'll feast on the bad Raiders defense. Also, one more thing. Where's the Raiders toughness coming from now that Marshawn Lynch is out? They just do not seem like a physically tough team and I thought I didn't think so before Lynch got hurt, but the little that that little toughness that they had, they lost when Lynch went out and he's not playing in this game. We're moving on to the next game. So, sorry, we're leaning with the Colts there. Uh, Colts minus three. Next game, we got the Packers at the Rams. Rams are a 10.5-point favorite. Almost made this my best bet. If we were doing five games like we were last year, this would definitely be one of my picks. Aaron Rodgers is 4-0 against the spread when he's a six-point underdog or more. And Green Bay is 9-2-1 against the spread uh, in their last 12 games coming off of a bye What makes me slightly hesitant is that the Rams, they might have been eyeing this game for a few weeks now, and they might really get up for this game. But 10.5 is just too much to go against Aaron Rodgers. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Give me Green Bay plus 10.5. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, we got the Saints at the Vikings. Another game I really, really like. This is an even spread. I also almost made this one of my best bets. Many people want to say, "Hey, the Saints—they have a lot of revenge going on here from the from the miracle in Minnesota, the playoff game last year." And okay, sure, you want to you want to do that, you want to do that, but I think that's actually built into this number a little bit. But we're gonna we're gonna take the Vikings. Okay, we actually really like the Vikings in this spot. We look at the spread from last week when it first opened up. Minnesota was a two and a half point favorite. Now the spread is even money what happened to make things change well the saints got lucky to beat the ravens and the vikings destroyed the jets so that doesn't really make any sense that this line has shifted two and a half point favor in the opposite way that you would expect it to only reason to hesitate here is because breeze looks absolutely incredible looks like he can win the mvp this year and it's tough betting against uh the future mvp we did it last week it didn't work out but I think I, I like the Vikings in this spot, especially at home. we got the final game of the weekend, Monday Night Football, Patriots at the Bills, and the spread's 14.5. Going to have to lean with Buffalo here. It's simple. The spread is way too damn much. I, I don't... I, I, I'm not going to bet on this a, a, at all. It's one of my least confident picks of the week. I just don't like betting against New England because when you bet against New England, that's when they really they they just they is they seem like that you they seem like they know when people are betting against them, and that's when they try to just kill teams. Um, and this Buffalo team, this is a historically terrible Buffalo offense. Uh, but I think Monday Night Football being the first time in Buffalo in like ten years, I think the crowd's going to be a little bit more pumped than usual. So I'm going to take the Bills plus 14 and a half. I don't like it. I don't love it one bit. I feel like Brady could. I mean, he, he always could just put a beat down on a team. But I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. And I <laughs> uh, stay away from this game unless you can get the Patriots 13 and a half or less. Because two touchdowns or more is just too much to actually betting on a damn game. All right. And the last time the Bills... Will, had a spread they were an underdog like this big they beat the minnesota vikings like 20 to nothing so i'm gonna take the bills lean with the bills and that's it that's those are our games we got the best bets we're gonna go with the we're going we're going with carolina over the ravens we're going with san francisco over arizona and we're going with seattle over detroit That's our show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow Between the Hash Marks on Instagram and on Facebook. Let me know what you think. See you next week. You are Between the Hash Marks.